This is the world's greatest Springsteen podcast with Fisherman and Tom. How you doing, Tom? Doing pretty well. How are you? I'm doing great. It was a great Bruce week. Bruce yeah. made an unexpected. Bruce has been at every, I think every stand-up from here for heroes that there's been. I think he was at the very first one. But I know he's been going every year for many years. And uh and usually he's the only musician on the bill. And this year he wasn't on the bill because he was supposed to be on tour and he wasn't able to do it. And he, I don't know how it, how they ended up with John Mellencamp, but everybody knows he's their friends now. And uh, I think Bruce might've called him up and said, Hey, will you take, take care of my friend, Bob Woodruff and do this stand up with John Stewart. It's a lot of fun. I go up, I tell some jokes. I do yeah, an acoustic I think that- song. I think that's what happened. He was the replacement for Bruce. And um, there was a year where there was a bunch of musicians, Roger Waters, Bruce, and, uh, and, a, and a few others. Uh, but most years, Bruce has been the only musician. And yeah, it looked like John Mellencamp was there in Bruce's place, although they didn't really say that. So with Bruce out and the show's been postponed till next year, but I'm obviously with clearance from the doctor he made the surprise appearance this year at Stand Up for Heroes. Did one song, their song, Wasted Days, from yeah. the John Mellencamp album. They did that together. How much sorrow is there left to climb? How many promises are worth a dime? And who on earth is worth that time? Is there a heart here that I can call? And then Bruce did his regular set, four more songs with jokes and everything. And uh, and some really exciting new songs, including one he's never, ever played before. He's played Power of Prayer once before, right? No, I don't believe so. Uh, there's a video for it, which is strange, because he actually made an official video for Power of Prayer. So you would think that would be a song he would have played on this tour and he hasn't played it yet. The video is just the scene from the movie, right? The scene from no, the documentary. I, no, there's um footage of uh old concerts and stuff, you know, from uh the old days and it's um they put a little work into it. I wouldn't say it's a favorite video of mine, but well it was and, definitely um, also, the world premiere, the live world premiere ever of yeah. addicted to romance which is a song that you know has lingered for a year on a bootleg shot in a movie theater where you can hear people still talking and leaving the theater uh till just very recently was released along with the movie i don't even think you can see the movie at home yet i think it's still a theatrical only movie and he played solo acoustic addicted to romance it's a whiskey and water and it's one last dance. Stranger pumped that jukebox with quarters. We all deserve a second chance. Darling, let me tell you your future. Slip your palm into my hands. You got me addicted to romance. Solo acoustic. Power of prayer. It's closing time, then you're standing there. 
and uh and a couple others what am i forgetting yeah dancing in the dark and working on the highway dancing on the dark the highway and wasted days of course was a live premiere at least for the two of them together i don't know yeah. if john mellencamp's been playing it on his tour and then there were the jokes did you like any of the jokes tom no i can't i can't think of it there was one i didn't even understand <laughs> uh, i you couldn't understand what he was saying no i couldn't video? understand i couldn't understand the punchline was it the one uh where he brought the where the kid had the the chicken wire i think that might have been it something about oh the guy says something like i'll bring a hat old man sitting on the porch kid walking by with a big basket filled with chicken wire you know the man says Son, what are you doing? He says, uh, I'm gonna get me some chickens. <laughs> Son, you can't get your chickens without a chicken runner. Kid comes back later in the afternoon, big basket full of chickens. <laughs> Next day, kid comes by the old man on the front porch. Big basket full of duck tape. <laughs> Where you going, son? I'm gonna get some ducks, son. <laughs> I'll craft my hat. The kid, I'll paraphrase the joke because I don't know it by heart. <clears throat> but the kid comes by and he's got a basket full of chicken wire. And the guy says, what are you doing with that chicken wire? He says, I'm going to catch me a basket of chickens. He says, right. son, you can't catch chickens with chicken wire. And that later that day, the kid's walking back with a, a box full of chickens. And then the next day he walks by and he's got a box full of duct tape. And he says, kid, what are you doing with that duct tape? He says, I'm going to go get me a box of ducks. He goes, son, you can't catch ducks with duct tape. That night, the kid walks by and he's got a box full of ducks. The next day, the kid walks by. He's got a box full of pussy willows. And the old man says, I'll grab my hat. Yeah, I still don't get it. Because right. he's going to come back with a box full of... Your sister gets it. She's very disappointed. She's very disappointed in you. I guess so. Uh, um, and then uh, my favorite life is like a penis. <laughs> Women make it hard for no reason. It was the quick life is like a penis? Women make it hard for no reason. Yeah, that was, I get that one. That was okay. Um, what did he, <laughs> Those what are the only say? two I remember. What did he say after that? Right after he said, women make it harder. And then he... he For no reason. He, and and then what after that, though, didn't he say, he, he said something. Almost apologizing for the joke. No, they're all, he gets them on the internet like the night before. He looks up dirty jokes. Well, he's what's weird about this, and and by the way, he's only missed one of these stand-up for heroes over the years. And um, 
what he's done, he's repeated jokes. He didn't do it this year, but he's actually, there's been years he's repeated the same joke that he's done years earlier. It's just strange that he couldn't find a a new joke for the night. I didn't realize that he ever repeated a joke. The one that I remember from last year is what do you call an Italian hooker? A prostitute. Oh my god, that's really bad. <laughs> that is really he says that I remember that was from a year ago. I remember he says that's so bad. It's so bad. What do you call what do you what do you call an Italian hook? <laughs> a prostitute. <laughs> <laughs> It's juvenile. Um, but uh, so you want to talk about the individual songs that he played? What you thought of them? Yeah, I mean, I loved all the new songs, and I didn't listen to "Dancing in the Dark." And what was the other one? Working on the highway. And I didn't listen to "Working on the Highway." I'm guilty. Oh, I haven't. Okay. I haven't seen those two yet. I listened to "Power of Prayer," which I loved. And I listened to Addicted to Romance, which after watching the video one time with the water, I kind of just never really gave it another listen again. Kind of felt, you know, it was a throwaway. But seeing him play it solo acoustic, I saw, I watched it a few times. I really, really fell in love with that. And then uh, and then Wasted Days. I don't uh, I don't have a different opinion of it. I like it, but I like it's not on my iPod yet. Maybe that version from maybe you the version. That. You've mentioned that you prefer hearing songs live rather than the studio version. And I always, I usually disagree with that. I usually think it sounds better when it's on the, when it's got the production behind it. But these two songs, um, Wasted Days and Addicted to Love, I prefer the what he did on the Stand Up for Heroes, the versions I preferred. Addicted to Love, I wasn't crazy about hearing that. And then when he did it, I thought it was really good. And um, I think it sounded better than the version on the, the studio version. And Wasted Days, I think I even liked that better. And um, Power Prayer, I had to hear it a couple of times. But I like it now. Even though that's like one of my favorite songs on Letter to You. And I've just, they need to do these songs with a full band. And it's just so... You know, because I just every time I hear him do a song in this style, it's just sounds like every other song he does on acoustic guitar. And it's just it's him and the harmonica. And it's just that same. It's just like a very boring version of a of a great song, because that song's got the saxophone and everything. It's just so. But it was good. I After I heard it a couple of times, I really liked it. Well, maybe and, now that he's taken it out for a test drive he will you know he'll remember it come march and get it into the set list at least on occasion i hope so and then uh there was a good and dancing in the dark and working on the highway they were very good version so if you get to it's very a little different than than what he's normally although he does one thing i'm sorry on dancing in the dark uh, or working on the highway now, I can't remember which, but he does this thing where he's done this in the past where he walks away from the microphone and he does it for effect where he, you can barely hear him 
but he's he knows he's not near the microphone so the audience can't even hear what he's singing but he's he thinks this is this is some kind of uh art you know and he and he not only did it he does it which is very weird if you watch the video he does it where he steps away and then he pretends or it looks like he he realizes it's a mistake that he's walked away from the microphone so he walks towards the microphone and says that he's he basically apologizes to the audience saying oh i i fucked up because i walked away from the microphone then he does it again he walks in front of them now he walks towards the audience microphone's way back here so now you can barely hear him and he continues to sing the song so he does it so i don't know what the hell's going on with that well, nor do I, because I didn't watch that clip yet. You know, I was ho kind of hoping that more video would come out, that I'd be able to see a full the set without breaks and cuts, and uh, and I was hoping like better audio would come out. And it seems to be just those same songs that are, were filmed filmed on a phone being held the wrong way. Uh, and uh, so I haven't gone back yet and watched those songs that I'm so familiar with. Um. I will I will eventually see the whole thing and I will watch for the microphone. I like the step back from the microphone effect in a theater. I think it works when he's in a small venue and he used to did it on the Devils and Dust tour and he would step back and he did it on the on the Joe tour. He would step back and sing the last couple lines as he was fade. It's kind of like a, a real fade out. But yeah, maybe it, does, it doesn't work that well in an arena. But where where were they? Where was this uh, this he does uh, it for, stand up for does, heroes? Does it for some some kind of performance art? So um, I I'm he not does sure it for how what it sounds like. All right, performance. I believe art. this was in I believe this was New York City. Um, it's always in New York. I was just, what what venue? Where was it? I'm not sure. Neither am I. Yeah. Um. But it was right. good, and you know he can obviously. Uh, he, I don't think he needs to wait till March to to start performing, but we'll see what happens. Usually, he gives something for them to auction off. Did you hear anything about that? Because I heard nothing about him in the past. He's auctioned off guitars and motorcycles. He's brought the motorcycle out on stage. Nothing this time, huh? No, I didn't hear anything. I didn't hear anything either. All right, so Grammy nominations came out. Yeah, when I saw this, uh, that his he was nominated, I couldn't imagine for what, <laughs> because of the, because of the timing, you know, it couldn't. He hasn't released anything, so what could he possibly be nominated well, for? I don't. Is yeah. it is it by the year? Is it from January through December? Because if that's the case, it would be last year. But they might have their own year where it's like from March through you know february yeah i would think it's for the year when it starts and ends i'm not positive but i i believe it just goes from january to to um well then it would be for 2022 because 2023 there hasn't even the november and december releases haven't even come out yet so how could you already have your nominations well this this album came out i believe in 2023 only uh, the strong is... survive no, it didn't. Oh, it didn't? The The tour started in February of 2023, and that album was already on the shelf. We had it for a while. 
Okay, so in that case, yeah, maybe it is for 20. Could that be for 2022 then? That well, deals? I think it's not from January to December. I think the Grammys have their own year, hmm. you know, like television seasons run from September until April or May, you know, that, right. and they take the summer off. So, you know, I don't know. I don't follow the Grammys. I don't care about the Grammys. He was nominated for your favorite album right the only the strong survive and you know who he's up against what kind of records he's up against no they i read them there are about four other bands and they list their albums and so and i didn't recognize one of them so these are people i've never heard of bruce springsteen's the only name on there you would recognize i think do, unless do you care if he wins I hope he doesn't win because <laughs> for my own for my own selfish reasons. Um, I believe, you know, these Grammys I think used to mean something. And so this for him to be nominated for this Soul Covers album is just them putting out a big name like Bruce Springsteen. And they're always gonna do that. Whether it whether it's whether he deserves it or not, they're gonna put his name out there, no matter what the album is. So I'm not this, real conspiratorial. Well, I, mean, I, not, I don't know how the Grammys do their nominations. I don't know who is a voter and gets to nominate. I just don't care if he wins. Do you think Bruce Springsteen at this point cares if he wins another Grammy? I think he um I think he likes the idea that he's being nominated for this. And I think he I hope and I, I believe he wants to win. But um the the problem is I think if he wins, that he'll be more inclined to put out another of these soul cover albums, which he said he's going to do. And part the other two, one, and this the other one's coming. Up. It's coming whether he wins or not. Because this could tell him, hey, people really like this. This is what they want. I just got nominated for a Grammy for it, and that's that's why they're screwing up by nominating him for this. Even the nomination itself might be enough to put him over the edge and put out another one of these. He's going the he's going to put out another one regardless. It's coming volume 2. It said volume 1 right on the cover. Yeah. This is the problem with um when Bruce puts out something mediocre and this is mediocre at the very least. I would I, The problem with it is when fans like you and others uh say this is great this is so great and and, that's and my problem. mother my mother who never listened to springsteen her entire life even though i've been going to shows my whole life and she knows about them never ever ever listened to any heard one song from that and she bought it so you yeah. know it's just fans like me that thought that like that record not people who were blown away by it when they listened to it for the first time well even a broken clock is right two times a day but i don't um, even know how that relates <laughs> <laughs> um so the problem is so you guys should should hold him on a at a higher uh, standard uh so this way he'll put out really quality material and when you coddle him and when you when you say everything he puts out is great and you compare soul covers to the album letter to you in as far as quality then that that that's a disservice 
So just like when he put out the album Born to Run, the two previous albums were not considered great and were and didn't sell very well. So he was forced to make this great album, Born to Run, put a lot of work and years into it, and finally released it. And the quality was so great. And it's considered by some to be the best rock album of all time. So that's what we need. We need we need we need the, the wait, fans. You don't to want stop. to go back and say that that 30 years later, those first two albums are heralded as masterpieces and that people just maybe didn't get it right away. And maybe it took Born to Run to get their attention, but those albums are you're not shitting on those albums, are you? No, no, I think you get the point. Uh you know, I love those albums. But uh, so, you know, when you guys say, you know, oh, the Seeger Sessions was great and the Seeger Sessions tour was great, you 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 give him this this uh, false sense of reality. You know, he's got to we can't keep saying we can't keep agreeing with every shit album he puts out because he's Bruce Springsteen. Whatever he puts out is going to sell and you guys are always going to go see it. So I just like to point out that the that the. Thoughts of Tom O'Donnell do not represent the world's greatest Springsteen podcast. Well, I believe that the true fans know what I'm talking about. The true fans. Oh, my God. All right. The true fans hate anything that's not letter to you or born to run. No, I think they, they, they know what I'm talking about. That the quality, I mean, letter to you is such a great album. And then, you know, you can't compare it with this with with a hobby that he that he puts out like the soul cover. Was Letter to You nominated for any Grammys? I don't know. I don't. Uh, uh, that's a good question. I'm not sure. I don't know either. You know why? Because it really doesn't matter, and it doesn't matter if uh, if uh, only the strong survive was nominated, and it doesn't matter if he wins. Do you think he'll show up? Did I ask you that already? Do you think he'll show up? the night of the broadcast to play a song or i mean it's not up for best album of the year right it's up for some strange offshoot category very specific category that people are saying a soul album doesn't even belong in yeah it's 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 best traditional pop vocal album i don't even know what that means that means we want bruce springsteen's name on the on the marquee i mean why isn't it best traditional covers album well, I'm sure that other category, other, other records in the category are not cover albums. I think they just made this category up just for Bruce, just to hopefully get him to come. And you know what? He's got a lot of free time on his hands, so yeah, he'll probably show up. Probably. I'm I'm being sarcastic. I don't think he's showing up to the Grammys for the best pop traditional vocals album of the year nomination. I don't think he's showing up for that. Well, if I'm John Lando, I would tell him, look, start the tour now. We're going to call this the Tracks 2 tour. We're going to release Tracks 2, and we're going to tour up until March. And then... If I was John Lando, I would tell him to add one show to March 22nd. There's no reason to take five nights off after the first day back. Add a Vegas show to March 22nd sure we can get a venue there's a lot of places here hmm. 
right. Um, so this week it's the anniversary, the thirty third anniversary, I think, of Christic, the Christic Institute, two shows to benefit the Christic Institute. He performed with Bonnie Raitt and Jackson Brown. And just last week, Tom said, hey, you should show you a video of Christic again that you've shown before. And I said, all right, for you, I will. And it turns out that the anniversary is this week on the 16th of November. So we are going to show it on the 16th of November. Uh, on a top secret location, we'll be streaming. Make sure you're on my email list to get that link uh, because uh, the old location is gone and i've lost uh, the youtube channel that i showed concert streams on and now we are going underground and streaming from a new location and the only way you're going to get it is the through an email link and there'll be no more videos left up at all it's going to be live streaming only the channel will be dark when we're not live streaming tonight we're going to live stream. By the time you hear this, it will have been over. But tonight we're going to live stream the 1985 Giant Stadium show uh, that I dubbed because next week we are having the filmer come on this show and I want to be well-versed in his video and we can talk about that. But this week, the Christic Institute is one of Tom's favorite. Even before he realized it was the anniversary, he was requesting we take a look at it again. So I'll let Tom tell you about the Christic Institute. We're going to be watching night one on November 16th. These were two excellent shows at a time when Bruce wasn't releasing anything. There was the lull between breaking up with the band and putting out another album. Five years actually went by with no releases. And this, this was sort of um, in the middle. This was 1990 where he just put on these two, he was one of the performers at these two shows and he sang all acoustic, which we'd never seen before until later in 95 for the ghost of Tom Jode. But this is the first time he just did like an acoustics set and excellent shows, similar set lists each night, but he broke out brand new songs and he never really gave an explanation as to when we hear these songs or what was going on, if they were going to be on a new album, we just, we didn't really get an explanation, but these are songs that we'd never heard before. And ver the versions were so good, especially if you haven't seen it, the, the, um, the version of real world is way better than the version that actually came out on, on, is it Human Touch or Lucky Town? I, I never, I can never remember. But and um, some, you know, fifty-seven channels were was played, and um, it was still, it was still good, even when he did it for the first time ever. It was probably better than, than anything you've heard later, um, especially when he turned the meaning of the song around and got political with it. It, it was not one of my favorites. I mean, for and and for them to do a they, there's an actual video on MTV for 57 channels. So they tried to make it something, and it never really took off. 
but I know and, that Christic real world is is very well loved by uh by Bruce fans more more so than the album version. I thought I I happen to love them both. I'm a big fan of real world from the album. I didn't hear the Christic shows till years after they happened. Uh so I was familiar with the album version first. Uh before anybody goes in the comments, I do believe that uh, the first time we got to hear Bruce do a full solo acoustic set was the Neil Young Bridge School Benefit, which was in the 80s, I believe. Uh, maybe yeah, I maybe. believe you're right, which, but not very many songs, I think, just a, just a handful. 45 minutes to an hour set, something like that. I know Nils came out and played one or two with him, but uh, I thought he played a good, I don't know, I could be wrong. You know, I believe four or five songs but i'm not positive i know he does fire um and i'm not sure what others i i, I don't have it in front of me but uh, fire this, became an official video didn't it the fire from the, the yes ritual. yes and um just as uh back to the christic institute um bruce released these shows on nugs which is very surprising and thank God, I mean, we, because the audio can always be pretty bad with these shows that are done in that format. And we've had some, some decent audio, but the, his, when he, when he's speaking to us, that's probably the worst part of the bootleg that we've had for years. So he released perfect audio of this. And um trying to think of some of the other songs he did from the human touch lucky town but i believe there was one that ended up on tracks at least one but a, a great listen I, I don't think the video we have that's circulating for either show is great but it's all there is and for someone to have recorded it in 1990 and got away with it it's pretty here's here's how those videos break down we're gonna watch night one because night one is the complete video. It's the whole Springsteen set, including the encores with Bonnie Raitt and Jackson Brown. Nothing is missing. And it's also the fuzzier, darker video. The video from the second night is better video, like significantly better. But it is not the whole show. It's an hour out of the hour and a half. The show's about an hour and a half long both nights. And it's on the second night, the video's only an hour uh so we're gonna watch the full show i kind of prefer the full show and uh uh but that's you know that's the difference there's some pretty good video from night two but it's just not all of it uh maybe we'll watch that another night um but uh the anniversary is coming up on the 16th we're gonna take another look at the at the first night and uh i'm looking forward to it it's been a while since i've seen it yeah, yeah, it's definitely uh, something I'm looking forward to. The video really doesn't matter when it's that format. Um, it's just Bruce standing in one place. You know, he's not he's not doing the knee slide or anything. There's nothing that you're gonna miss. So it's even though it could be a shaky video, the 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 most important part is the audio for a show like this. I'm showing a Devils and Dust tour this week sometime too. I'm not sure what day, but. Uh... I pulled out a Devils yeah. Industrial. I haven't shown one of those in a long, long time. Uh, so we'll be doing that. So get on my mailing list because 
the channel that you used to subscribe to has been removed from YouTube and uh, it's gone and I'm not duplicating it either. I'm not going to keep, if they don't want my stuff on YouTube, I'm not going to fight with them. They're a big, bad corporation and I'm a nobody. So, uh, you know, yeah. watch them live and that's it. Just to get back to the, the, talking about real world. Uh, for those that don't know, Bruce continued during the Devil's and Dust tour in 2005 to do that version of real world that he did during the Christic Institute. And it was excellent every night. I'm not sure if it'll be, if he'll do it on the show you're, you're about to play, but it's very possible because it was a, it was a pretty, um, I believe he, he did it almost every night, but I'm not, I'm not positive. I'm not positive of that either. I'll look into it, but, uh, I still think that there's maybe it's just because we've been hearing it for longer, although it's almost 20 years since Devils and Dust already. But uh, uh, I think most people still have a fondness for that original performance in 1990, those two nights at Christic over the Devils and Dust version, which was yeah, very similar, 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 but, but yes. different. It is better on Christic. Yeah, that's the best. And um, another song I'm just thinking off the top of my head because I don't have it in front of me. He does When the Lights Are Out, on which he put on tracks. And um, very good version. It's one of my favorite songs anyway. But, um, all right. Anyway. So all that coming up this week. And, uh, and I think, was there anything else that we had? Yeah, there was one more thing. A regular viewer to our concert stream uh, by the name of The Night of Ben, Night with a K. Is that correct? It, it says Knights of Ben. Knights of Ben. And the Knights is with a K. Knights, like the Knights of Columbus. The Knights of Ben was, was asking in the chat of our concert stream for Tom's top 10 favorite Bruce Springsteen sax solos. Sax solos from a Bruce Springsteen song. You don't have to write in the chat that Bruce Springsteen doesn't play sax, I know. Uh, so what were Tom's top 10 favorite sax solos? And he went above and beyond the call or he just couldn't narrow it down to 10? He's got prepared for today his list of 20, not in any particular order, his 20 favorite Springsteen song sax solos and I will try not to interrupt and say things and ask like oh do you mean the 92 born to run <laughs> <laughs> yeah and um I I didn't rank them so this is not in any order um I will tell you at the end which is my favorite so I'll leave that for number one. But otherwise, this is in no particular order. I could have taken these 20 and narrowed it down to 10, but I just didn't have the heart to do it. So I'll make it quick. So we got None But the Brave, Prove It All Night, Protection, Bobby Jean, Jungle Land, Loose Ends, Independence Day, Back in Your Arms, Because the Night, Stray Bullet, The Promised Land, The Ties That Bind, Badlands, 
living in the future, the power of prayer, brothers under the bridges, trapped, secret garden, and number one, drive all night. That's incredibly interesting. How many of those are Jake solos? Um, a lot. I mean, they've all uh, almost they, all. Uh, they've all I been played by Jake, but some of those are. I mean, I heard a couple on there that are post Clarence songs, like Power Prayer. That's a Jake solo. Power Prayer might be the only one on the list that's Jake. Um, I'd have to look here. I yeah, I don't believe there's anything that I said that would be originally Jake. No. Um, I do have a couple of outtakes if you're interested that didn't make the list. All right, what are they? Okay, these are the outtakes. They may be the only reason they're outtakes is because it went over the number twenty. So this is not scientific. Born to run. The Fever, Spirit in the Night, She's the One, Thunder Road, and Land of Hope and Dreams. And these are outtake versions that you have, think had better sax solos than the regular version. No, that that's not anything to do with it. They may be these are these are sax solos that are on the studio albums and in and in a live concert. Which may be better in live. Like when he does drive all night, whether it's Jake or Clarence, it, it, the sax is way better than the version did, you're going to hear. On did the you album. have Sherry Darling on your list? No. That might be my Not favorite. That, well, <laughs> there's plenty of other songs with sax, but this is just, this is the best. Can't, can't, can't have them all. We'd be here all day. But I particularly like you had uh, night. That... You had night, though, right? No. How do you not have night? That is. How do you not it's have not... night? It's oh. not that it, it can't be. <laughs> but uh, the uh, one of my particular favorites. It's 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 the it's a time when Clarence he's doing the saxophone and very differently than any other song I've ever heard, and that's Stray Bullet. So if you haven't heard that. I know you have, but I've heard Stray or, Bullet. I mean, I haven't listened to Stray Bullet like I've listened to Badlands, so I can't just recall the uh, the sax solo in my head that quickly. Excellent song. All right. Well, we went through that list pretty quick. That's good. Uh, Maddie said that he was going to come by and join us to talk about the Christic Show, also one of his favorite shows. And I didn't promo it at the beginning because I had a feeling that it wasn't going to make it. He said he was going to make it, but I had a feeling he wasn't going to make it. We should start. To, oh, when he says he's coming. We should start taking bets. And my sister's friend, Paula, by the way, emailed me and wants to see on your channel. If you could play and she hasn't seen it yet. Which is which is which is crazy, but she hasn't seen this show that she attended, and you were at. You may have met her and not even known it. You could have been standing next to her and you wouldn't have known it. Wait but a minute. Paul, 
Wait a minute. Wallen, Wallen was at uh, the October 4th, 2003 Shea Stadium concert. And she says that she was in the pit, the pit, and that she had a sign that said, Dance with me, Bruce. But she said, Bruce did not dance with her. But it was a great show. And she asked if there was any video or audio of this show. And I said, Yes, that Aaron has actually played it before. I will hook it up so she can see it uh, very soon. I met a woman at that show who was sitting directly behind me. And we danced and made out all show long. Oh, that and was that was that was Paula. No, nah, we were just outside the pit. I was I had a seat just outside the pit on the floor in the section back then. The floor was just the center or the pit was just the center section with seats to the left and right and behind it. And we were just to the left and just behind the pit. Like it's off to the side, but it was pretty close. It was a pretty good seat for a stadium. The sound was fantastic, but we weren't in the pit. This woman was not in the pit. I I thought maybe for a second, but then you said she was in the pit. I never talked to, never saw her again. I never got a clarification if she was right outside the pit or near the pit or <laughs> in there, but she did say she made out with a man that was smoking Marlboros. So I could have been you. Yeah, that, that's, that's me. That's CMO. I would have been smoking Marlboros at that time. And uh, yeah, it was, she was in the row behind me. She was there with friends. She was wasted. The friends were friendly to me. A little protective of her. She was looked like someone who was not going to be protected that night. It was a lot of fun. Great night. Never, never saw her again. Did she have a sign that said dance with me, Bruce? No, no signs. Okay. Well, well maybe it wasn't her. Wasn't maybe it wasn't. But I was just off to the left. I was, was just she off good- to the left of the was she a good kisser? It was the night of my life, Tom. October 4th, 2003 was the night of my life. An amazing show. Great seats. I met a girl. I I lived, I lived the Springsteen show during that show. I lived the Springsteen song during that show. I fell in love. I got my heart broke. All of it. I went to the bathroom. And while I was gone, he played Back in Your Arms. My God. <laughs> what luckily, luckily, the the it was they were portageons on the field. And so you didn't really leave the concert. I left my seat, but you could still see the screens and hear while you waited in line. But he was like right in the heart of the intro of back in your arms when I actually had to go in to the portageon and the sound got all muffled and echoey and I just tried to piss as fast as I could and get back out uh but uh you know if you have to go to the bathroom and wait in line for the bathroom during a spring scene show on the field not a bad thing if they got the portageons right there because you don't really have to leave the show I just didn't have quite as good a seat while I waited for the for the uh, bathroom to open up, than I did at my seat, and so so Paula was the one that got away. <laughs> I, I don't think it was Paula. 
her she was just inside the pit. I was just outside the pit. And uh, do, and you said do you do you remember Bob Dylan coming out and singing? It's I traditionally do. known as a bit of a train wreck by fans that have. you saying it was, I I think it was awesome. Okay. Here's I what mean, happened with Bob Dylan on the Dylan. He comes out and his microphone's like off. He starts to sing in the microphone. You can't hear anything, and then they go around again. And he starts over, and he's kind of not close enough to the microphone. But then he comes in, and they, it takes a second for them to get it together. And uh, and after that, he sounds good. And he's—I mean—he sounds like Dylan. It's all like, build me a son, killing done. I was through the wood. I mean, that's Dylan. He's Dylan, Dylan doing Dylan. Right. I like it. I like it a lot. It was a great show. From I, I have the DVD, um, and it was awesome. Um, here it is, right here. There's that. That's the oh, one. Oh. Mine, mine sounds a little bit better because I've dubbed it with the Godfather bootleg, the Godfather audio, which is vastly superior. It sounds a lot better than the original DVD, and that is what I will set up there and show for your sister. Oh, I did want to mention this uh, problem that they have with the rising shows on with Nugs as far as they can't release any rising shows because supposedly the audio is missing from every show. Every so show. this, I was just thinking about the new Beatles track, which I, I wanted to ask you if you'd heard it also. But with this AI now, is there a pot? Is there a way with AI they can do something to fix this problem? I don't know. <laughs> I don't I've never I don't know the exact problem. I only know what the dude from that other podcast said in his own layman terms about what he heard from whoever his contact is with Nugs or Inc. or whoever is involved with the archive series. There's been no public statements, it's all come through them. So I no nobody even really knows the exact reason. You know, as far as I'm concerned, until something changes, the hard drive went in the water and it's just gone. There's nothing gonna save it. But of course, anything's possible. We don't know the real truth. We don't know if technology could come that could rescue it or if the hard drives that are that it's on are bricked and they're never going to be you know i got a television that worked for five years and then the other night while it was on it just went off and it won't come back on i don't know why it's probably fairly inexpensive it was a fairly inexpensive tv uh it's probably fairly inexpensive to fix i instead upgraded um but uh it's probably inexpensive to fix, but it's also possible that it could never be fixed, that the board fried out and, you know, you would have to just basically replace everything in there. And and who knows what it is with the 2002-2003 audio. Before 2000, before 99, or before 2003, 2002, they didn't record anything. They only recorded stuff specifically for the purpose of possibly releasing. 
That's why there's only Madison Square Garden and a couple other shows from from the reunion tour. There's limited, and the ones that are out are all from the same run because they would go record the whole run so they'd have options because they thought they were putting together some compilation, some live album, maybe. You know, they never, you know, the Grateful Dead had people on staff. Not only were they letting fans stick microphones in there and recording every show, which Bruce and Landau would never do. Not only was it was that going on, they were also recording themselves every show in the best quality they could get for the time that they had. And they recorded them all and they archived them all. The Springsteen camp did not. They recorded when they got a sound truck and we're going to, and it was for a project they felt they could make money on. Every night was a throwaway. There was nobody with the foresight to like plug into the soundboard and even just make a cassette. And if there were, they don't circulate. They don't circulate. We have IEMs, crazy outsiders, like bought equipment so they could steal the inner ear monitor signal coming over FM wavelengths or some kind of, you know, signal that they could use a scanner to pull out of the air and record. And they're all separate tracks. So it's multi-track, but they never got them all bands too big. They would come, they'd come in with a van and park outside the arena and record six different IEM feeds, but only out of 10, because they only have six scanners and six recorders and and inside they weren't recording shit. They didn't start recording until 2002 and they recorded on some device. That's not even compatible. PCs go back before 98, 99, before 2002, we had PCs. We're still using the same. Some of the formats have changed. We now use FLAC instead of WAVE, but you there there was ways to record digitally that we still to this day is still compatible. What the fuck they use that all of a sudden nobody can access it? I don't even get it. Yet they were able to release the Helsinki show, and there's not a lot of details of why they said we got lucky. We were able to extract Helsinki. I don't know what that means. Did in order to extract Helsinki, maybe they had to sacrifice the rest? I don't know. They didn't give us any information. The people who could explain it aren't taking questions. Third party, we're hearing it through the grapevine. Yeah. So there you go. That's the the rising. Let it go. It's gone. We've got some pretty decent sounding bootlegs i've put some of them on some pretty decent looking videos and you can tell your sister we're going to watch shea stadium coming up she just went the one night october 4th there's video of all three it's not your sister no it's my sister's friend got it i mean you have like 40 siblings so i get confused is there only one sister it's a lot of sisters isn't it a lot of sisters isn't it there's a lot that's what i thought i thought you were bringing another sister into the mix um all right so your sister's friend did she just go to the one night the final show october 4th 
because there's video of all three. She's been to a lot of shows, but I believe that was the only night of that tour that, uh, or at least, you know, the Shea Stadium leg. Well, I have I have upgraded the sound on October 3rd and October 4th. And there's also a video for October 1st, which I don't think I did any upgrading of the sound. I'm not as familiar. I didn't go to the first. I went to the third and fourth, and I never really keyed in on the I'm not I'm not really that familiar with the video from the first. I probably should take a look. Yeah, well she she specifically mentioned that she was at that October 4th show. All right. Well, I'll I'll cue them both up. Did I did I show them last month? I think I skipped them last month on their anniversary because I had done it the year before. Well, I I did tell you, you just re, you recently played it and then I watched it with you. Maybe so that was, was. maybe it was the anniversary months ago that you played it right. but uh, i wouldn't mind seeing it again all right well we shall show it coming soon i like i like showing ones that don't have nugs audio nobody removes my channel all right i'm sorry for your loss <laughs> all right. well i will i will survive and uh, we are still streaming every Saturday night at 8 and occasionally with no warning on other nights of the week. Make sure you email me, Fisherman's Wharf Channel at gmail.com, Fisherman's Wharf Channel at gmail.com to get on the mailing list so I can send you the link. You can subscribe to the channel, but one minute is here, the next minute is gone. Well said. All right. I think we've uh, reached the end of this week's world's greatest Springsteen podcast. Maddie didn't make it, but uh, for Maddie, I'll say good night. And Tom, is there anything you wanted to add before we sign off? No, just uh, John Landau release tracks to stop this nonsense. And when And when they finally do. What will you use for a sign-off tagline? <laughs> I'll say goodnight, everyone. I don't know. <laughs> All right. Well, until next week, I'm Fisherman the Bootlegger, who pays the highest price, and the world's greatest Springsteen podcast loves you. <laughs>